You're listening to the Faculty Podcast. In this interview, Andrew Moran discusses the claim that change during the Obama years amounted to an acceptance of American global decline. So I'm very interested in America's position in the world of what we of shifting powers essentially. There's a great great deal of debate within foreign policy circles about future relationships between states and as states rise up, what will that mean for other states? And the obvious, the obvious central point of that for most commentators is thinking about the rise of China, China and how that might challenge the United States of America, but actually how global relationships are shifting as well. There's a, there's a lot of work going on around this. Um, if you look at people like Joseph Nye, for example, Joseph Nye talks about how power is shifting horizontally between states, but also how it's shifting vertically from states down into non-state actors. Some of them are multinational corporations, what we might regard as good, and some of them are bad, the terrorist groups. But there's a broader debate that I think actually you see throughout recent American history, actually, about the position of America in the world. And there are often moments where a sense of declinism, declinism creeps into the USA. And so I came at this from a position of being interested in how the Obama administration approached this because I think you can see a number of interesting things going on there because Obama inherited an economy that was in dire straits because of the economic collapse. You had the problems of fighting the war on terror, that it was bogged down in two wars in Iraq and in Afghanistan. And that was kind of leading to a questioning of where America was in the world, I think not just from the international community and from analysts, but from actually the American people themselves. There's a very influential article written in 1940 um, by a man called Henry Luce in Time magazine where he talked about how the 20th century was going to be America's century. And that actually became quite an influential piece of writing. And in fact, later on when the Cold War ended, we saw a very influential piece being written by a man called Charles Krauthammer who said, okay, the Cold War is over, America is won, and what does this mean for America? What this means for America is we're going to see 30 to 40 years of America being the dominant state in the world, that we're going to have this unipolar moment where America can shape the world in its own interests and influence the world. And that very quickly unravels, I think, on 9-11 and the awful attacks of 9-11. It unravels because of the economic crash. As I said, it unravels because of the, the problems in the, the war on terror. And of course, how do you respond to that? Does that mean that America continues having a global role? Does it mean that America retreats from the world? Does it mean that America is just in a position where its influence is declining? And I think all of these things you see being discussed during the Obama presidency, I think they're being discussed now, actually, during the Trump presidency, this, this sense of where is America's position. I don't think Obama for a minute felt that America was in decline. I think for him, it was much more about reprioritizing America. That He took a view that the wars overseas were damaging America's credibility and that he wanted to ensure that domestic priorities, particularly his own domestic priorities were pushed to the forefront and wouldn't be lost in endless wars overseas. So when we think about retrenchment, we could argue that what Obama was trying to do was, was reprioritize. 
and reprioritise the kind of focus of what America was about and where its resources were going to be committed. Obama was astute enough to understand that the world was changing, that, that China was rising up and was going to become a substantial player in global affairs, and we can see that with Obama articulating the idea of the Asian pivot, that he made it quite clear that America's role in the world had to turn more, and where it pointed its resources, had to turn more towards Asia, some, something that annoyed the Europeans, actually. But I had to think more about the problems in Asia, that he argued that in the future, many of the kind of security problems that would exist in the world would be coming out of Asia. You think, for example, of North Korea and its nuclear program, but in particular, the rise of China. And we see the Obama administration seeking to develop stronger relationships in that part of the world. He reached out to India as a natural kind of counterbalance to China, or that didn't quite work in the way that he hoped it would. Um, he tried to accommodate the rise of China by reaching out to China. Um, but we also see as well, I think, really interesting things like the Trans-Pacific Partnership, which Trump, when he came in on his first day, ripped up. It was the very first thing on his first full day that he, he threw in the bin, as it were. Um, not really understanding that what Obama was trying to do was develop a relationship that wasn't just economic, about having a partnership between a number of states locked into a free trade block in the Pacific, but also the Asia-Pacific region, but also that it was partly about containing the influence of China, that you could accommodate the rise of China, but you also had to contain the rise of China. And I think that's a very interesting strand of his foreign policy. In terms of you know, other kinds of successes, I suppose that depends on where you, where you sit. I mean, he was much more multilateralist than the current president. We can say that hands down, as it were. But even Obama took the view that there would be moments where he'd have to prioritize America's interests. And if you go back to his Nobel Prize speech, which he, he was awarded the Nobel Peace Prize even before he'd really even done anything. But what they liked was his language, which was about multilateralism. But he went and gave his speech and he kind of lauded the values of multilateralism, but then he said, but there are going to be times where America has to come first, where I have to prioritize the lives of American citizens. And it's interesting that you could argue that his reluctance to become involved in overseas conflicts, particularly in the Middle East, reflects that. In Libya, for example, one of his advisors very famously said, that in that moment in the Arab Spring where Libyans rose up against Gaddafi, that America would lead from behind, something which most Americans, I don't think, would want to hear any American president adopting as a viewpoint. But I think Obama's view would be that actually Americans would be reluctant to commit troops overseas, something, something we're seeing with Trump, that willingness to bring people back. And Libya, in a sense, wasn't successful as a result of that, of course, Syria is, is the foreign policy element that Obama himself feels uh, was his greatest problem and ultimately, arguably, his greatest failing. But, but even there, you could argue that the complexity of that problem, he suggested, was too difficult for America to become involved in. Um, and he wasn't supported, really, by Western allies, you know, David Cameron, 
as Prime Minister, trying to get the House of Commons to back Britain playing a more aggressive role in Syria and to support the Obama administration. And that wasn't forthcoming. The House of Commons refused to support that. And Obama found himself undercut when he went to Congress to try and get their support. And of course the other issue is, is the Ukraine and Russia's resurgence. But Obama found that difficult to respond to. Um, partly, I think, because European powers, again, were wary about being engaged in any strong position against Russia, primarily because they were relying on energy supplies from Russia at that point, and nobody wanted a conflict in Europe. So these things made Obama look weak, but there's an added, there's a bigger picture that we need to think about here, um, and about how Obama, as part of the president working in a multilateral world, often found that multilateralism didn't go in his favour. So um, Obama very famously said in 2012 in his State of the Union speech that year, and I'm quoting him here, anyone who tells you that America is in decline doesn't know what he's talking about. You know, America, during the Obama presidency, it's, it's still true now. It has the world's leading universities. It's got the largest military in the world. If you think about the American military budget, it's larger than the next seven to ten countries added together, depending on whose statistics you look at, and that includes China, Russia, uh, major NATO allies, and so on. Um, it has the, the multinational corporations in the world, I think the most powerful multinational corporations in the world. The dollar is still the preferred currency. So when we think about declinism, I think that's a difficult one. I think what Obama was trying to do was reposition America in a rapidly changing world in which he could see that there was a multipolar world developing and that he had to ensure that America was a key player within that, and if not the dominant player, one of the key players, but preferably the dominant player. But that would mean accommodating others rising up as well. Now, that might look like declinism, but not necessarily. And it, and it depends on how you approach this. There, there are many different writers writing about this. Farida Karia is very well known for his argument that it's about the, the rise of the rest, that America doesn't need to fear the rise of the rest because that could actually be good for the United States of America. Um, and there are other writers who, who say, you know, we need to be careful here about this being negative for America long term. But I, I think Obama's ability was that he could see how the world was changing. He could see the complexity of that. And it was about moving the pieces around and ensuring that America remained the dominant player. That's very difficult to sell to the American public. That's, that complexity is much more difficult to express than we are going to make America a great again, which is a very simple message, which can mean whatever you want it to mean. Um, but for Obama, I think there, there was that, that complexity that he found difficult to articulate at times. Be, you know, if you try and get a message about, about the fact that problems now are crossing borders like climate change, or if we think now about the coronavirus, um, that there are problems now that cross state borders that re re require international cooperation. There are now a growing number of non-state actors, some of whom are very destructive in their capabilities, if we think about terrorists and so on, or criminal networks. 
these are much more complex things to talk about than simply making your country great again or putting America first. So I think part of Obama's problem was articulating that message. And I think also he was president during a kind of crunch moment where other powers were either resurgent like Russia or rising up like China and America was in a position of having to recover from an economic collapse and military struggles overseas.